All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. Our special guest is Sherry Bennett. Sherry is the founder of Let's Talk Cannabis. She is a medical cannabis educator and a resource consultant and out of Ontario, Canada, Richmond Hills, Ontario, Canada. How are you doing, Sherry? I'm doing so well. Thank you, Miguel. And I'm so excited to talk to you again. Um, you know, uh, when we first met back in September, I thought, oh, this is this is an amazing opportunity. And now I, I uh, you know, my opinion of this podcast, the podcast, is <laughs> just gone up tenfold. It's just, it's an amazing platform Thanks. that you have here. Thanks, so thank Sherry. So Sherry, honored. last time, last time, Sherry was so uh, we we talked mostly about Bayview Concierge. We talked about all kinds of things. I think we did for like a couple hours. And this time around, I know you want to focus on Let's Talk Cannabis and a few other things. So you have some things that you've been working on since September, and oh, yeah. you have done quite a bit. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Sherry. Thank you so much. So I've I've um, yeah I've been busy since we last spoke and. Uh, connected to a lot of the people actually who were on your podcast. So I have a lot of really good things uh, to tell you about. But I remember when we first met um, over at LinkedIn, I believe you, you asked me to be on your podcast. It was in September. Yeah. And I said, okay, but I just need you to know that whenever I speak, I speak through the lens of trauma, through the lens of my experience with trauma right? PTSD. And you said, okay, fine. And so I was so grateful because um, I really have been trying over these years, the last uh, six years, to be the voice for medical cannabis. Because as, as we know, um, we've been prohibited from talking about it. And, and people are often silenced, you know, when they're talking about this God-given plant that has a safety profile of plus 6,000 years. So, <laughs> so since I last spoke to you, we, I remember you had um, uh, Tim Barnhart on your podcast. I yep, think he was yeah. episode number 50. Um, he's the CEO of uh, a medical cannabis dispensary in, in Mohawk territory yeah. in, in Ontario. That was, and, that was uh, an interesting conversation with Tim. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. It was, it yeah. was, and I know we were not even, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it, we weren't scratching the surface and everything that has happened to the, to the indigenous people that he's yeah. experienced, that he has hands-on experience with. But it was really cool to hear how you two did a bunch of stuff together. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I got to tell you, before, before pandemic, um, I used to do panel discussions and, uh, and workshops uh, called Let's Talk Cannabis. And I would, the audience was typically human resource professionals, associations, or I got invited to speak at a property management convention. So it, like in the human resource um, uh, events that I were both in two parts of Ontario, in Kingston, Ontario, and in Peterborough, on two different occasions, after at the break, audience members came up to me and said, you know what, Sherry, you got to go to Legacy 420. You got to go check that place out. It's on the Mohawk Reserve in a place called Tyendinaga. So I did. And this was back in 2018. I went to visit them. I went to visit their lab. They, they have their own laws and testing protocols. Yeah. And they, they're helping the economy. And 
I, I just can't believe how they're creating jobs, they're helping people. And every time I go there, the lineup, yeah, there's a lineup out the door. Well, this was before, this was in 2018, 2019, before the pandemic. So mostly seniors, they're helping, mostly people um, with um, horrible forms of cancer. And, um, you know, and I, I, I believe they help a lot of veterans too, um, with clean, safe medical cannabis. Uh, so I'm just, I, I'm just fascinated by what they have accomplished. And then, of course, they've had to operate under the radar because unfortunately, our Canadian government did not consult them when they were drafting the laws, when they were drafting the Cannabis Act yeah. in 2018, you know, 2018. So that's, it's, it's, they're doing a lot of goodness. A lot of, you know, I remember uh, one of your guests too, um, okay. Akeem, Akeem Gardner. Yeah. He's uh, episode, I think episode, no. He's actually the first one of season two. He was the first season one. Two, of season two, episode one, right? And That's I think right. Tim was around, Tim was around 30 or something. He was, I think, before. episode 30. Yeah. yeah somewhere so, in the early 30s yeah, yeah. in season one. So Akeem Gardner, why did I say? Oh, yes, because on his episode, he was, he was um, like recommending that we watch, um, uh, what's that thing called? HBO. It's on HBO. It's not inflammation, Crime right? Century. Crime of the century. That's what it was. Something like that. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I knew, I knew how horrific the opioid crisis was, but to that extent, I just learned more. And I also, he also referred us to a book called The Empire of Pain. That was and the other one. That's the one that I remember. Yeah, yeah, I read that too, or I listened to it on Audible. Like I go mm. out for my walks and I listen to your yeah. podcast and all these books, right? When I'm out doing my, my walk, walkabout. So Empire of Pain, it was Crime of the Century on HBO. And there's another one, yeah. Uh, it was called Dope Sick. And that was uh, another eye-opening story. I believe that one is on uh, Disney Channel or something. I'm not sure, but I, I did them all. I watched them all. And I thought, you know, this is horrific. This, this, this problem, this opioid crisis, as I've said before, is a pandemic far worse than any kind of virus. It is so, so, so sad. And so in fact, to be in the indigenous communities and our First Nations uh, uh, friends that I know, um, they're, they're doing wonderful things. I call it like when I watched, after I watched The Empire of Pain, I thought to myself, these guys are creating an empire of health, health and well-being, not only for human beings, in, uh, but for the economy and for the environment too. They're building, um, they're expanding their, their um, production um, to help people mostly with, with cancer and, and, and kids with autism, you know, and uh, well, it, it, the list is endless. Yeah. But their building materials are going to be used with hempcrete. Now that and, is a cool. So that that is yeah. interesting because I've seen that stuff. I've seen, I've seen some things about it. Read some stuff about hempcrete, and it seems like it's really viable. And, yeah. And will you? So I don't want. I, I know I. I I did, so, that just caught my ear because I, I was like, I'm so just, so Legacy 420 is expanding and they're expanding with materials made out of hemp. 
yeah, hemp and um, yeah, building materials. And, That's cool. Uh, it, it's just so exciting. I don't know exactly how it's going to go right now, yeah. but um, the intention is is so good, and it's and it's helping so many people. And I either I posted a blog article on my website on my Let's Talk Cannabis uh, website about how they're healing trauma, like by giving you know community um, you know opportunities for jobs and and uh, and teaching them about like sustainable agriculture and um, and technology and of course they weave in their traditional knowledge and life experience which is what I love about your podcast too because you know we're all learning from others you know with with lived experience that may be different from ours and it's it's just fascinating how we find a common denominator it is cool. Uh, a lot of it is cool hey so share you so the article that were you referring were you talking about the article that you did on let's talk cannabis that you did with or on uh the 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 positive impacts of legacy 420 yeah it was just my it was my paragraph my words before an article that i posted someone else wrote Okay. Was, yeah, it's on my. Uh, the, I think it's on the blog section of my. Let's talk. What's the website. what? Can you, let's give everybody the website. So that way. They can yeah, the website that. is. Um, well, if you just type in let's talk cannabis dot ca, um, you'll get there. But we had to change the URL, so the URL is actually ltcedu dot ca, and that was because oh. when I first started out, you know, uh, six years ago. You know, if the word cannabis was in my website domain, you know, it would get shut down and no one would answer my emails if it had the word cannabis in the subject title, right? So, so we, we had to, um, we had to pivot several times over the last, just what, what I'm doing is just trying to create an ecosystem of correct factual education. And and giving people an opportunity to learn um, to learn from others and uh, to help help people have hope that there is there's this cannabis plant can uh, heal a number of illnesses and it sure minimizes suffering uh, across the board. And I think so too. I agree. I agree. It's <clears throat> it's um you've you've actually helped me put a lot of people on the other side of this screen for me. So I really got to thank you for doing all that because it's been great. A lot of good conversations and a lot of people I'm thinking of like Mike Robinson. And that was, oh, a, yeah. that was a, oh, yeah. yeah, that was a really good one. And yeah, he's what one. he's been through physically. Yeah. And, uh, and um, there's a, a woman, Mary Adams, the CBD chef, her story is, uh-huh. is when it comes to, cannabis and healing for people yeah it's pretty yeah. it is it is it is it's the real deal it so, is the real um, deal yeah <laughs> it's and from also a plant. Um, it's from a plant right a plant that has been on this planet since the beginning of civilization uh so um and, and so we had didn't we have uh she was i think episode 25 dr barbara mainville yeah so I would love it if we could, if you could get her back again. Yeah, sure. If she's she interested, has, I can definitely, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll contact her. That would be great. Yeah, because um, she's a woman of, of, of wisdom and has been, um, uh, uh, you know, a cannabinoid specialist for, for almost a decade and treated, I would say, thousands of patients. I don't know for sure. 
but um, we have the evidence that cannabis is an a necessary, I would say a necessary medicine uh, for those of us that live with symptoms of PTSD, post-trauma. Um, uh, it, it can be life-saving. And, and, you know, we talked last time um, about how, you know, well-meaning doctors prescribe us with antidepressants and sleeping pills and tranquilizers. And, and, and some of us have to take pain pills all day, you know, um, and some of these medications come with their own side effects, right? So you don't oh, get yeah, medications definitely. on top of the medications, but this, the, the antidepressants can cause suicidal ideation too. Yeah. Prescribed medicines, right? And, and sometimes now, um, even, you know, if, if kids are prescribed opioids from their dentist, for instance, for their, for tooth extraction or, or whatever, they, we can get addicted to those very, very quickly. And that it's just simply not um, possible for cannabis. Well, cannabis, yes, I, I would say we can, one can become dependent on it, um, but I choose, it's at the low end of the scale. It's not like, uh, uh, it's a, it's, um, there, there's it's a, study, a medicine that does not come with the risk of life-threatening addiction or lethal overdose. There's a so, study out there that, that went over uh, addiction of cannabis. And it's, it's from what I've seen across articles of, of like across academic articles, articles, and as well as people referencing those academic articles on media, plat social media platforms, the, the general, the, the study found that roughly about 9% might become addicted. Potentially. Right. Like cough, caffeine. Exactly. I think right. caffeine, I think tons of people, I, I was addicted to caffeine for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, but I choose, I choose to have cannabis in my system uh, every single day. And uh, for me, it's, um, it, it, it was a lifesaver. And it did, you know, when we're put on these antidepressants, as I've said many times, um, you know, life, like feels numb, it doesn't, you don't, there is, you feel like you're going walking around in autopilot. And, um, and then, you know, it's really hard to still deal with the nightmares and the flashbacks and anxiety. Um, and so that's what cannabis does. The cannabis minimizes all that. And it also, when we learn about the human endocannabinoid system, how every single person on this planet makes their own cannabis molecules and how the plant works well with the molecules in our human body, um, you know, it's, it's here, <laughs> it's here by the grace of God. And it's time now that um, people um, become educated with the correct, the correct facts and, and learn from those who have been on the front lines of this uh, uh, failed war on drugs, right? Uh, those that, um, yeah that were were thrown in jail for like simple possession nonviolent simple possession of a plant that you know has you know as i said a safety profile of plus six thousand years or so so anyway you know you i'm sort of a little a little bit um low today because on monday uh, another friend of mine lost a daughter due to fentanyl overdose 
So fentanyl is really, um, you know, one could, they use it medically for, you know, uh, but it's, it's now it's on the street. Yeah. So I'm just trying to uh, re reiterate the fact that um, cannabis is safe, effective medicine for anxiety, depression, trauma, and um, chronic pain. And, and yeah, we I have the evidence. I know before we got on the before we hit record, we were talking about your your uh, your friend's daughter. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about it or not, but yeah, I that's that's tough. And that so from the so to give you to give everybody listening a, an idea, we're talking about just three days ago, uh, her friend's daughter. Yeah, and and, and um, yeah, we'll we'll have to go to the visitation tomorrow. But that that put me down for a couple of days because for me in my life that was the um, the sixth. Friend, the sixth bereaved mother that I know. It is a very dear friend of mine. And um, that's so that's- That's that, lost a this, child from overdose? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and some, most were accidental um, and two were um, intentional suicide. Because one granule, mm -hmm. one granule of fentanyl uh, can kill. And it's, a, it's absolutely impossible for cannabis to kill. Uh, so, um, and, and now with my, um, my friends in, uh, in First Nations communities across Canada, um, there are so many people who some you're going to meet very soon who are um, writing documentaries and they're um, on podcasts such as this, and they're, they're speaking about their own lived experience and, and bearing witness to um, other people's stories and histories. Now, so I'm here, I'm Sherry Bennett, and I am a privileged white person. If, if I feel like when you learn about the history in First Nations populations, like it's happening daily to people and they're getting, you know, addicted and uh, in a cycle of um, generational uh, trauma. And, and these guys in, in uh, Legacy 420 are, are helping to heal that through, through, um, through cannabis and, and educate. And these guys go out to the local hospitals in the community and do education um, and, help, and teach people how to, to roll their, their own safely and how to access it safely. So that's my, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, um, it's really, um, there's too much silence going on now about this opioid. So through through these guys, yeah. there are a number of groups that are helping people. Um, like downtown Vancouver, the opioid crisis is just out of control. So these groups are people are handing out. So uh, hold on, Shay. Let me let me let me. I want to give I want to give people listening a little bit of a context. So mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, what the time that this releases and the time that frame that you're talking about are going to be a little bit different. So. I know yeah. that as as we were talking over the over the holidays and and uh, people were uh, very fearful of of contract or of of yeah. contracting a COVID variant or whatever sort it was, and people were you, you were you know, a lot of people were saying it's like hey it's starting to get kind of scary up here, and yeah. so in other words the anxiety level of some people in the nation was high and, yeah. and full of fear and. Uh, yeah. And 
that is you're saying that is the core like some of those correlate the correlations of the fear anxiety translates into people wanting to escape reality some of them with pills yeah. and because yeah, yeah. you know I, ugh, those, right. they have their purpose you know what i mean they do they they have sure. their purpose yeah. but i think the point that you're trying to make and that the people that are that are advocates of cannabis all over are trying to make is that this is good too and this is natural and this may yeah. prevent you from having to use the more harsher yes. or uh stronger drugs that have harsher side effects yes and you know what's pretty cool about it is that is uh you get instant relief when you use it if, if you inhale it or if you yes. and if you eat it the edibles i like the edibles the edibles are great those are good the the oils and everything it's it's right. very good um <laughs> right. very good sherry it's very very good you gotta remember you gotta see here's the thing I've had my medical marijuana card since I got here in the summer of 2021. So I'm not even a full year on it yet. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling pretty yeah. good. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. wow, this, these, what I was not expecting to feel, I was not expecting to feel as, as, uh, as good as I do now. And I remember when we were last time we were talking, you know, I know it's a great, it's, 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 it's a powerful plant and it can, it has healing properties for it. I believe it does. I'm, and these are anecdotal. So, you know, but my point is this, is that there is some consistency with it, right? It's like you get instant relief, but then when the consistency, consistent use of it, there's actually improvements that come with that too. Sure. And uh, it's, for, so I'm coupling this with like, not just the physical part, but also the, the, uh, the part of me leaving the military after doing 20 years and still within that first year of transitioning out. And it's like, wow, it's been really, it's been really good. Uh, it's, it's been, we've had, you know, we've had some hard patches, but yeah. they, they exited, those hard patches those hard patches exited faster than they had in the past and right. and i attribute all that to my savior really because he is the foundation for me he's the foundation for me mm -hmm. and everything he's the source of everything good and that includes this plant so when i'm right. talking about the cannabis plant i'm attributing the creation of that plant to jesus the maker always you know what i mean that's the way i view it I don't think this universe or this life is at all a mistake. I don't think it's an accident. There's just too much going on. And it is really crazy to think that a plant could be made illegal. But, you know, yeah. it's a wild thing. And I think what you're doing, and, and I think you're doing it in a fake, because so I want to bring up like what was kind of like the mood in Canada, because at that time, like in the recent past, we're talking about it was like a month or two removed from where we're talking right now. And because it, it impacts things. And when people are told to, you know, stay inside, what are you going to do? You're going to communicate with other people and you're going to look for what's going on outside your domicile. And you're going to do that via some type of piece of technology. that's going to put something into your ears and into your eyes. And that is not wrong. Everybody's going to put stuff into our eyes and ears all, every, every day, whether we want to intentionally put something in there or not. And that is my point. 
intentionality with what we feed on is critical. So this is where it's kind of like you can use cannabis, but if you're feeding on all these negative things, you mm. may actually amplify those negative things. It's possible. It's possible. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not saying that it's guaranteed. I'm just saying that if somebody's consistently feeding on right. feeding their eyes and ears on on stuff that is not good for them. And that's going to be different for people, right? Because right. people are different. And that's what yeah. Absolutely. And that's what it's kind of go ahead, Sherry. I just love to see all the goodness that's happening. You know, there's so much goodness and, I, and, and patients helping other patients, people helping other pe people by, you know, telling their story and helping them find their, um, you know, either a doctor or find their correct dose or help them find um, how to get it safely. Yeah. And, um, and then teach it and pay it forward. Um, because uh, it's it's so important. The education is is just crucial, and and we know that the endocannabinoid system was discovered in 1988, uh, but it's not yet taught in med schools because of the the laws. Yeah, so, it's a pretty um, big hurdle. It's a big, big hurdle. It's a major because, hurdle. But but but, go ahead, but sure, that go that means that you know we know too that the endocannabinoid system is the largest modulating system in the human body and it helps our immune system these uh, cannabinoids help our immune build our immune system they help um, you know with our nervous system which is all regulated by the endocannabinoid system so the fact that doctors are missing critical education about basic human physiology that's uh, that has to change. We have to uh, the, like the doctor. There's some really good doctors out there, but they're self-taught basically. Those that uh, study cannabinoid medicine and know how how well this uh, this medicine works with the human body. So uh, I see it's very very important for anesthesiologists for just to understand you know how the endocannabinoid system works and how you know. One may need, um, you know, more anesthetic or less anesthetic. If one, you know, I think that learning about um, the endocannabinoid system is uh, is a huge missing piece. Uh, so, so I'm advocating for education, and uh, these these two new uh, courses that I'm offering on my Let's Talk Cannabis website are they're self-paced online courses but they were um, designed by a medical doctor, Dr. Milan Mohan. And he and I, before pandemic, we went uh, and we did some local TV shows, you know, Rogers TV shows, a community. Um, we'd get 15 minutes a spot to talk yeah. about cannabis, but then we had a, a schedule plan. And of course we, we couldn't do anything um, in person uh, due to the pandemic, but, he, uh, he, he designed this course and it's not easy, but it gives smart people, it helps smart people get even smarter about it. It's really, really uh, geared towards people who want to uh, open uh, cannabis clinics perhaps, or for their staff members. If you know, if, if one is a doctor and has a, a pain specialty clinic or something, you know, this would be a good course for the, the staff members to take. Um, and and, and students, um, students that are studying nursing or uh, physiotherapy, it's, it's really uh, 
excellent, excellent education. Now with this course um, that we have you know, curated, it's, it's comes with a certificate at the end that one can attach to their resume. Yes. If somebody wanted to get into uh, or create a cannabis clinic or add it to their existing business model, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's gonna help a lot of people. And, um, and you know indigenous community, sorry, indigenous communities will come up with their, um, um, their versions of education as well and include the traditional, the traditional knowledge because who knows plant medicine better than anyone or First Nations people. I know that's, I think. So you're doing something with that aspect included from indigenous aspect. I hope so. I sure hope. I see it. I see. Um, I see they're doing uh, really wonderful things to help people. Yeah. And then, and you're going to meet some people very soon who've done documentaries and had wonderful, um, wonderful stories and 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 how they um, they're able to help each other too. And and they're all in this community, the cannabis community um, that I'm fortunate to be a part of. Um, is you know it's um, it's an ecosystem of goodness, and we hear a lot about the snakes and big corporate you know problems, and but there's uh, there's an undercurrent of goodness that doesn't really necessarily make it to the media all the time. So that's why this this platform that you have is a great um, gift to to others, so you can um, so people can hear their voices a lot of you know, um, still a lot of fear and stigma and, and people not, um, people who can't talk about cannabis. So, you, you know, so I was talking with Phil and, and Phil during Phil Wong, Phil Wong. Oh sorry. yeah. He's my good friend. <laughs> with Phil Wong and and yeah. I forgot this when he said it, because when we were recording it afterwards, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I remember Sherry said this back in September when we first talked and he was saying that the medical side of uh, the cannabis industry in Canada pretty much got left behind and that was because the recreational side came over and it was more lucrative so the yeah. investment the investment on the medical side is not where you believe or many other people believe it should be which is why you're doing what you're doing because it's the right. investment in the medical side that is going to really have profound potential for impacting people's lives right every day and that was when he said that for some reason, I don't know why I forgot it, but I forgot it. I was like, oh man, I've never heard that before. Phil, wow. And then afterwards I remembered and, uh, and that he, his story was, his story was really great. So maybe that might've been what, what through my memory, because he, he, during his story, he, the prayer that he talked about was, I was like, wow, that is pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. in America, so in the States, the recreational side, you see that stuff everywhere, of course, but so I went, I, I went to a grocery store and in the Kia, there's one of those, you know, those end cap things. And it says CBD has finally arrived or something to like, it was like, it's here. You know, it's uh -huh. like, it's finally here. It was the message. I can't remember exactly verbatim, right. but uh, right. that was the message, right? It's finally here. There's a big demand for it. Yeah. There's a very big demand for it. So, yeah. and this is, this is where I'm, this is where I'm pointing out is that, it's plain to see that this is going to go piece by piece in the States. You, you guys are in Canada already legal all the way around in the States, obviously not central and South America. They've been opening up before the States and 
it's gonna it, it will be it's just a matter of when and you you can you can see it happening with state by state and the federal government relaxing banking policies and it's it, it it's strange it is really a strange thing but when it opens up people are going to need the information and this is where sherry's coming from she's saying right. get on the information train now That's because there's no putting this one back in the bag that's exactly right the train has left the station it has and and, yeah. and there's no going back that's right it's and, just kind and- of funny that people are going to struggle and stress and try to figure out all these convoluted ways to circumvent or navigate all these ridiculous policies and i get why the four i think i think well i don't know if i well i can say uh i'll put it like this if you're going to reverse a law that's put a bunch of people in prison and there's a bunch of people up in arms about how it was racially divisive yeah. yeah, the federal government has a lot to deal with. I understand why they're taking it slow because yeah, that's and a I, big deal. I mean, there's a lot a of big, stuff going on there. It's a big deal, but in my world, it's like a public safety crisis now. When we have it's, this is this is what it bumps up against, right? Yeah. So you have the history of this thing bumping up with the with the urgent need of today, yeah. right. and you still see the slowness of policymakers right. moving very slow. Right. And now I I suggest that given the numbers of these um, accidental opioid deaths or intentional opioid deaths, that some politicians may have family members who have lost loved ones. And, you know, one person uh, goes down. There's some study I wrote that affects 400 others, you know, parents and grandparents, cousins and colleagues and community members. And and so. uh, uh, and, and in the, the veteran population, it's just, it's tragic. I read, I think in the United States, I don't know what the numbers are in Canada, but you guys are losing like 25 vets a day due to opioid overdoses intentionally or suicides. I don't or, know what the stats are. I know that whatever. they're, I know that it's, it's a strange thing. Like well, it's, 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 it's vets really and, hard. Vets and homelessness and, and, and addiction. Those three things are. But if you look at, if we do a root cause analysis and you look at why, you know, these people work for uh, the benefit of the government and for the benefit of of humanity. And then when they're done their duty, they come home and it's hard to integrate back into society. If you have a structured uh, schedule every day and you come home and your wife wants to go to Costco with you or help with the grocery shopping, it's a really, it must be a really hard transition. I don't know, but I've talked to a few people. It must be really hard. I don't, you know, it's, no. I think it's weird. It's a weird one. It's not really, it's just weird what people get used to. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like the things that you've gotten used to, it's, it's kind of like, wow, you never really want to get used to them, but you did. Yeah. And I'm not saying that about the military because it's not like, I mean, I volunteer, I chose, you know what I mean? Nobody made me go. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting the military down. It's, it's right, a great right. avenue for changing people's trajectory of their lives. It can do a lot of things for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it can also obviously damage people too. It's, it's just like anything else. Um, but it is weird because <laughs> I think of cops too. It's like cops do this stuff daily. They see all kinds yeah. of stuff daily, right? Yeah. And then they come home and, you know, how it's do you hard. turn that off on a daily basis, right? It's so really it's like- hard. EMT yeah. folks, EMT That's people right. are seeing people in emergencies all yeah. the time, right? And they're right. seeing them on their, what could be the worst day of their life, and they're there to help. And they're giving that person care. We're right. giving them care. And then when they're done, it's kind of like, okay, 
And this is where, this is where if people are going to try to use something external to help them change their mood, just like a cup of coffee to help you wake up because you're groggy or whatever, and people are going to have a drink or not. Most people in the States are having drinks. I shouldn't say most people. I should just say for the last hundred years, you know, it's been going the way it's been going, but alcohol was the, the main, the main psychoactive legal socially acceptable exactly yeah Yeah. well when you bump up against a schedule one drug it's kind of like whoa uh but my point is this is that the cannabis you're right people can it helps people the homeostasis of that thing is just amazing right and so i've been and let me know if you got something because i don't want to (laughs) take because you got me talking sherry and i was like oh i could go on and i was like wait a minute this is sherry's time i don't want to keep going on sherry's time no it's just I say we learned um, from Dr. Barbara Mainville that yeah. um, in Canada, veterans are like they're getting insurance coverage now for their medical cannabis. Okay. And so they should. That should be across the board. So I don't know how to do that. But I think insurance coverage for anyone, um, I think the government really now has to, um, you know, take a huge, you know, a huge stand on education on, on educating the population with the correct the correct facts because frankly we were brainwashed in the 19 well i wasn't alive then i'm not that old in the 1930s but to believe that you know this the laws were based on this is fact the laws were based on non-scientific racial propaganda and all this reefer madness and 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 horrifying, you know, uh, well, public messages and warnings that they had in the States and and in Canada. Uh, um, You know, it caused so much destruction. And mostly, mostly Black families, Hispanic families, and Indigenous communities for generations, you know, wiped out because of this war on drugs, which really failed miserably. Well, you know, so, you know, I'm not, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. And there, there's, you know, the thing, a funny thing about this world is, is it gets us talking in demographics and it's, it's, it's understandable. Cause it's kind of like, you know, as an or government organization gets bigger, they have to use demographics, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm half, my my father i'm third generation my dad's side my mom is not hispanic at all so there's you tell me your mother was irish didn't you irish and english yeah she's irish and english and there's people hurting no matter their color that's for sure there's everybody in all the demographic buckets yes are being Oh, I should say are experiencing pain, right? They're right. experiencing, they're experiencing. And I would yeah. say it's, it's, you know, when, when you look at it, I'm like, this all boils down to labor. Mm-hmm. It all boils down to saying these people are no, are, are, are not good for much, but labor. And that goes beyond color because there's a lot of poor Caucasians out there. Just like there are a lot of poor non-Caucasians out there. Right. It doesn't and, matter the race. It, it's, it's just about labor. And there's some scriptures in uh, James, the book of James, where he's talking to the people that he's talking to. Basically, you could call them the corporation owners of today. And he's saying, 
pay the people what you owe them because they're the ones that are doing this and he's doing it from the perspective of a christian right so he's saying mm -hmm. he's saying it is there is social justice in the scriptures right there is there he's saying these people are they're they're working for you and you're not treating them fairly this is James, the leader of the, the church when it first started after Christ died. There's a lot of social justice in there. So, and those things matter. And wow. it goes on to the indigenous side of things when you're talking about with indigenous people. And it is just strange how all this stuff walks out. Like, how does a, how does a nation, one of the G7 nations, forget? And I'm, how do they forget the indigenous population when they yeah. do this? knowing that tobacco and gambling were all issues from native americans as well yeah. and that's where it's kind of like wow it almost seems you know it's kind of like for a, a g7 nation to oh we forgot about that it almost doesn't seem like you forgot it seems like you kind of just didn't want to deal with it maybe they just won't understand or whatever but it is kind of strange and and just walking this all out it's like i i like seeing the, the post about the victories of the each state getting medical or recreation or this or that and that is nice because those people can finally have access to something if they can get around the stigma of it <laughs> right. this is where with the work that you're doing sherry is really important because it's coming like we said it's it's there's no turning it off and that's right people are and, going to be seeking it for medical attention because they are tired. A lot of people are tired of the pills. A lot of people are like, yeah. And like what you're experiencing, your friend who just mm -hmm. lost her daughter yeah. three days ago. Was that yeah. your That's your, yeah. No, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. But thank you for asking. I'm just so, I, I, again, I'm just so, so grateful. I was so excited to talk to you again because um, this conversation is important. And um, this morning, uh, something popped up on my uh, my Facebook feed, um, and I think I reposted it so you can listen. But it was Oprah interviewing um, a sister, a Catholic nun called um, Sister Joan Chichester, I think her name is. Um, and it, it, she just she just like if in the last five years or so wrote a book called The Time Is Now, and and what she talks about is that we need civil discourse now more than ever you know with all this division about uh, what's going on with the the pandemic and uh, and the legalization of cannabis and decriminalization of plant medicine she said you know um it's we've had too much silence and now's the time for civil discourse and and people to gather together and for me, like highlight all the goodness that's happening. Um, what was she talking about? Like, was she talking about like from the Catholic perspective of dealing with things inside of Catholicism, or, or was she? She was talking about the Christian perspective in uh, of, of North America, or specifically the United States. I think. So I'll, I'll look at it. I'll listen to it again. Well, that's um, cool. I get it. I, I was just kind of, I was just curious about if, if I, I could, I was like, I'm guessing the nun wasn't talking about cannabis. <laughs> uh, no, but I loved it. Why well, I'd love it if you could get on her show. <laughs> oh, I mean, if I could get her on your show, that's, that's what my brain said. I would love it if you could interview her. Well, does um, she use cannabis? Or does I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right. Just I have no idea. But, but the fact is like um, what her message was, like we need to have, um, you know, we don't need to fight anybody. Somebody said the other day, oh, this 
this cannabis thing is not a war on drugs anymore. It's a war on ignorance. And I said, yeah, but I don't really want to have a war with anybody. I, I want to um, be able to educate, you know, the smart people to become smarter. And, um, and how you do that is by civil discourse. You can't fight and argue. If you're arguing with each other, nobody hears anything, right? All the anger, and then the anger builds up to violence. And, and um, I just, that's what I love about your podcast again, because you're giving us um, a platform to, to speak. And, um, and you're going to meet some really fantastic people in the next few weeks, I know, I know, to talk to. And I, right. and I learned so much from here, from you from talking about what your knowledge is of the scriptures and things, and things I didn't learn about before. So, well, you know, it's funny. And that's why, that's why it's really strange because the same way the cannabis plant has been demonized is a similar way that the message of Christ has been flipped around from grace to works. In other words, this Christ is, is you can't no one can get in no everybody's disqualified there is nobody on a higher peg than anybody else and that is that is the amazing thing about it but you wouldn't really think that way when you observe some christian denominations it wouldn't it doesn't seem to be that way and that's where it's kind of like there seems to be a hierarchy and then there's academic oh. christians and you have so then there's there's people in academia that think that they're more enlightened on scripture than as they say the lay person and i really can't stand that the laity the lay person these terms that are just it's kind of like saying you're common i'm not and i'm using well, look, scripture. In, look and, in ireland like my mother was irish yes yeah and my in Ireland, the Catholics are fighting the Protestants. And in my family, I have both Catholic people and Protestants in the family. And it's just, it goes, it's generational hatred, which is, right. is repeated, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. It can it can be that nasty. It really can be that nasty. nasty. Yeah. And what eventually some people do is just walk away. And that's the thing. It's like they walk away from something that they mo I'd say. Too many people get a wrong understanding of it. So you mean they walk away from religion? You mean or Christianity? You mean? Christianity. I think. I mean, and I did it too when I was a kid, right? I grew, yeah. I came up in a denomination that was, that was. When I say legalistic, it means you have to behave and perform to this standard, yeah. or you're just not making it. That's what I'm talking about, and uh, and it's a misrepresentation. It's a misrepresentation of Christ because Christ said, love one another. So then you take the cannabis plant, which is a part of creation. Right. And in the scripture, there's the other thing that I've been um, coming across I've, uh, quite a bit lately, actually, because I was reading Genesis too. I was reading Genesis to my kids. And uh, you keep hearing the green plant will be for you. And this is after, this is after the fall of Eden as well, before in and after the fall of Eden, before and after. So, the, that's a, that's a critical thing because when before the before the fall they're not there's no need to kill anything there's there's you could say that there's homeostasis on earth you know what balance. i mean it is Great perfect balance. but not balance between good and evil there is no evil right now right there is the choice is not has not been made to go in that direction so 
you have a homeostasis on earth. It's kind of like, wow, this is the idea. It's like, but there is a choice there. And that's what the tree represents, the choice to choose your own self-righteousness or understand that you can't have it. Well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to get up mixed up between before the fall and after the fall. After the fall, that is it. It's, it's self-righteousness that we try to really attain to, you know, we're every, it's, I don't want to get going on a sermon right now, Sherry. I'm sorry, because <laughs> I could, and I feel like going that way. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that because like I said, this is your time. But my point is this misrepresentation between the gospel and misrepresentation of a natural plant. And yeah. I, the reason why I brought all that up is because I, like I said, I had come across these several times. It's like the green plant will be for you to use. It'll be there for you. And I keep thinking of, of, uh, of, of a short, not a short, of a documentary that I just saw. And man, these things, and a lot of the people that you know, and the people that you yourself, and, and a lot of the people that you know, and the people that you, you contact me with, all have this understanding that this thing really does match well with the human body. Oh, sure it does. You know what and, I mean? And, and this is what I'm talking about, the, the systems yeah. that you're talking about. The yeah. endocannabinoid system yes. is the, go ahead and say it, it's, it's the largest. Uh, it's the largest, the endocannabinoid system is the largest modulating system in the human body. Exactly. So, um, and, and the cannabis works so well with so many different human conditions. Um, you know, it, treating inflammation and sleep disruption and, uh, and all diseases are, most diseases are caused by inflammation and, 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 and pain, chronic pain. If I break my leg or break my arm, I'm going to need, I'm going to need morphine or fentanyl or something. But for chronic pain, you know, if someone's in chronic pain all the time, chronic pain and mental health go hand in hand. And right yeah, now, they, do. they really do. They do. They if go you're in pain all the time, if you're in pain stressed. all the time, you're going to be in a bad mood. And yeah. it takes, it's an amazing to see so many people yeah. really try to put their good foot forward. Right. And then something small happens and it may look like they're, they're overreacting to something. But when you think about what they're up against and what they're, the pain they're in, right. and then it's kind of like that a little overreaction. You know what? I get it. I understand. Yeah. It you do a, a root cause deal. analysis. Okay, why are you in pain in the first first place? Right. And uh, you know, and it it's um it can be it, you know it can cause serious mental health um, problems. And also, what's the biggest mental health problem we have? Or the diagnosis is PTSD right now. You know, our um, you know veterans are some veterans are suffering from frontline workers, frontline people on the front lines, nurses, doctors, and. Uh, and cannabis helps so well with that because for those of us that have um, a PTSD, uh, we're missing, I think, a, a molecule called anandamide. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into that right now. So I know who knows better about that. Kurt Robbins is on your um, okay, podcast yeah. too. Yeah, he knows better about that. But what I'm saying is we need it. Our, our, in order to, cannabis helps people become friendly with life again. It, it, it minimizes suffering. And, you know, I used to be very careful with my words. I used to be saying, well, it has the possibility of reducing inflammation or it has the possibility for this. But no, there's we have the evidence now. And and yes, uh, we need more data. We always need more data. right? But we have enough data. We have the evidence. And now we just need to have low barrier access. 
for patients to to get it and um, and and to be able to um, help educate the, the the people who are our next generations of healthcare professionals you know doctors nurses um, paramedics you know uh, psychologists yeah because um, cannabis helps people become friendly with life again even those that are on well what I mean is those that are um, uh, having suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, and um, and even people say, oh well, it can cause schizophrenia. And and yes, there are there are certain cautions we have to to use. But some people, I've known cases where some people with schizophrenia have been able to reduce their their medications if they add small micro doses of cannabis to their treatment protocol. But, but you have to understand, you have to understand it and you have to understand the, uh, the relation, the correlation with um, the other drugs that you're taking and if you are and, and the human body. So we know now that the cannabis can have, uh, there's about 400 different drug interactions. So um, it's good for, for, for medical people to understand that and the patients too themselves. You know, people may not have to take as much blood pressure medication, for instance. So, um, hey, Sherry, let me ask you this: you, you're, so your your online course is targeted towards medical professionals because it was medical professionals that is, is there a target audience or? Um, I would say uh, anybody that is looking after um, people, like pain clinics, for instance, the staff members at pain clinics, um, doctors, specialists who want to add. A cannabis uh, dispensary or cannabis uh, clinic to their business model. Um, students, the target market, <laughs> there's a lot of applications, uh, but, and it opens up possibilities because for future jobs, if to attach the certificate to your resume is, um, it will give uh, people the qualifications of being a medical cannabis or a patient educator. Can you tell us so, one more time about the, about, about the, the designers of it? Uh, the designer was Dr. Neelan Mohan. And uh, after we, after really just uh, when the pandemic started, I believe he moved to Florida. So he's somewhere close okay. to you. Right <laughs> but so since we weren't able to do our community TV spots, you know, um, we, he went off and he, I think he's married now. I talked to him the other day and he developed this course with uh, years and years of medical knowledge and understanding of because uh, he did uh, work in a in a cannabis clinic for several years, so he brings all his um, wisdom and knowledge from medis- medical school, and he developed this course. And I took it myself, and it's not um, it's not easy, but it it gives us evidence that why we cannot die from this medicine. Talks about the you know brain chemistry and how the endocannabinoid system works with the um, the, the the molecules in our own body. So um, and he knows, you know, doctors are typically taught all about, you know, the digestive system and respiratory system and immune system and uh, nervous system, etc. But they're not yet taught about this human endocannabinoid system. So uh, that's my rant. Um, uh, it's not their fault. I mean, the, the well-meaning doctors just don't don't have the knowledge and this is because of the laws exactly i don't think they you know in the states in the states here i'd imagine they're 
running up against stigma in a state where it's medically legal, right? Yeah. Um, a friend of ours, he's got, he has to have another surgery and his doctor, not a medical cannabis doctor, his doctor recommended he try it. So yeah. that was kind of like, wow. And they were surprised because they, they didn't expect that from the doctor. But when they did, they were interested. They're like, okay, if the doctor's recommending it, maybe we'll take it seriously. And that makes a huge difference mm -hmm. because, because people do trust doctors. Yeah. Most people do trust doctors. Not everybody, but here's right. the thing. People want health insurance because they want to be able to trust somebody to take care of them when they need right. it. Right? right. So there is a level of trust with doctors. That's for sure. And right. And I remember this brought to, yeah, most people do do trust doctors and, and not saying that there's some, there's some bad ones out there because there are. No, there are. And I remember but, our first episode. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I remember our first episode and I, I know uh, what you, what you, yeah. what you've been through, what you endured. And yeah, but, but most doctors are, are good and they get in the business because they want to help people. Yes. And they are, um, you know, they take an oath to first do no harm. Right. So my my thinking now is well they're causing great harm to their patients if they don't authorize medical cannabis as a frontline treatment for chronic pain before writing scripts for opioids um, it's not their fault if they don't get taught to this knowledge in in med school you know and then 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 that brings me to how do doctors learn about drugs and medications usually from the pharmaceutical company. Yep. They don't learn about <laughs> exactly. medications in school, right? They don't learn about that. They, and they learn from their patients. And they learn from their patients' lived experience. Okay, so try this little antidepressant for three weeks and come back and see me. And, you know, let's know if there's any side effects. And then we titrate it up or down. And that's how they find out about drugs through pharmaceutical companies and their patients' responses. So, um a lot of patients now are going to their doctors and saying, please learn about the endocannabinoid system. Please get your staff to learn about it. And um, their doctors will be able to help their patients better. if They understand that, that um, the human body needs it, needs cannabis. And yes, we can have some people, it's very rare, that have an allergy or um, they call it, they call it um, oh, Oh, hydro, oh, cannabis hydromesis. Yeah, hy cannabis hypermesis. Hypermesis syndrome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So at first I thought, I was looking and I thought, could this be, could these symptoms be consistent with pesticide poisoning maybe? Maybe. Ah. Maybe. Could they be, is it like, how could this plant, if it's so good for the human body, for some people to have a very strong reaction? Um, now, it must be horrible. I mean, still you can't die from it, but it must be horrible yeah. to have cyclical vomiting and yeah. and you know for hours so then i read and we don't really that does know. sound horrible Jerry. That does sound... yeah that's but I, I i've only i know one person you feel like you're gonna die i know one person who experienced that and i've yeah. and i have communicated with another person who experienced that that's that's the only two people i've i'm not saying that i'm just saying it's it's interesting that i didn't think about that when you're like well maybe there's something in the plant that it was grown with a pesticide or a metal or something that maybe or Maybe it has to do with the brain receptors themselves. You okay. Know, the specific, you know, individual brain receptors because we're all unique, as we said before, and our brain chemistry is completely different than than like 
like we're we're unique in that capacity too. So um, this is a very real um, concern, and um, also cannabis, like alcohol, is one molecule. Cannabis has got to be at least four or five hundred different molecules, you know, of cannabinoids and terpenes and terpenes and flavonoids. So how do we know which is the allergy causing substance? We don't know you that. Know what? Yeah, I know. It's and it's. We don't know that yet. Yeah, but here's could the it thing. be? You know, uh, you know, who knows? If well, one grows it themselves out in the backyard. You know, I had a friend that found bird droppings on his. You know, do you know how to clean it well? Do you know how to? You, know, <laughs> you gotta learn. You don't know if you want to smoke that. You know, you want to smoke. <laughs> that. Well, that's why I say you gotta understand and learn. Uh, learn from man. those who know. Thought you know? of that teaching chug movie is like. What do you call it? It was like Maui Waui was like Labrador or something. I thought it was. I can't remember if I watched it, but I now that's that's going to be on my list to do this weekend is watch that that movie because uh, I probably saw it a long time ago. But to watch it now in this day and age, it must be it's hilarious. I mean, it is, really. It's a funny thing. It's a funny yeah. thing. This life it must be but, hilarious. But um, I don't know. I'm just saying that uh, you know doctors want to help. They they do want to take an oath to do no harm. And um, the best thing they can do about, you know, trying to help their patients is uh, to learn about this. And ah, I remember in 20, 2019, my lawyer asked me, Sherry, if you were going to have surgery, let's say, and you knew your doctor was taking cannabis, would you let your surgeon still operate on you? And I said, yes, yes, I would. And, and he was shocked. Like, this was uh, like three years ago, and I still maintain that today. It's, it's, like, it's a hard question. Yes, I would. Well, what if they're on opioids? And see, that's the thing, too. What we if they're else? It's like right? a lot of people have a lot else, of different medications. So it's right? kind of like. We don't know. And yeah. what about pilots? If we're looking at, like, does anybody, how do we know? You know, I'm saying if, if, if that person, a pilot or a surgeon or a police officer, or anyone um, knows what their correct dose is and what uh, molecules help them with their focus and productivity, then yeah, if they're knowledgeable about it, if they're out, you know, just uh, an it, impairment is is not exactly. Is not it's it's not it's not. So you're talking like somebody could have it could not they could not be having any psychoactive effects right, from it. Right. but it's going to be in their system. You yeah, it's going to be in their system. Exactly. And so the, I said too a couple of years ago that the challenge of the century will be trying to prove um, uh, or, or to measure impairment due to THC because it's probably uh, impossible. As I said, I, you know, being, I have cannabis in my system every day and uh, I have THC in my system every day. So, um, and if I didn't, Let's say I stopped today taking my meds, um, then it would be in my system probably for a lifetime. Some say, oh, yeah, it lasts 28 days. And after that, um, it's um, released from your body. But I read a study somewhere out of uh, Australia, uh, University of Sydney, I think. Um, I'll have to find it again. But um, it said that cannabis can, because it's stored, uh, the THC is stored in our fat cells, so it can remain in our system you know, for a lifetime. It depends on how fast your body, your, your metabolism is. So yeah. um, I don't know much about that yet, but that's something, that's an avenue I'm going to follow. 
Um, because just because one is medicated does not mean that one is impaired, right? Yeah. So that's an important distinction for, and the lawyers know that, the good lawyers that we have in the cannabis industry. And you got to meet one the other day. Last week's episode was amazing, right? With uh, Robert W. E. Yeah. Laurie. Yeah, at Lucent. At Lucent Law Corporation, great, yeah. Another great episode. You know? That was fun. No, there's there's so many of them, but you had me at number three. You had me at episode number three. That was Todd um, Scatini. Yeah, that was also a fascinating conversation. Yeah. And look at cool. what look at what they're doing too. If you look at um, you know that U.S. veterans and ex um, uh, people in the military. Um, sorry, my brain. And, you know, they're doing real, a lot of good things, you know, you know, setting up companies, uh, technology companies and agricultural companies and all to to learn and uh, create new technology for this um, booming industry, the cannabis industry. So which is already a billion dollar industry, billions of dollars. I don't even know but it's um, like I like we say, it's here to stay. And so we need to. Um, to learn as fast as we can um, the evidence and listen to the stories of others with lived experience and uh, and learn from from others. Learn from I learned so much from your show. I learned so much from you. I learned um, a lot from and, you too, Sherry. I mean, you well, have been doing this for a number of years, and, yeah. and everybody that I've talked to that you've introduced me to, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing what they, I mean, they, they're all, they all have, they're all very thankful for having met you and, and they really appreciate you. Well, it, it you know, I, I say this all the time. We can't get through life alone and, and we, can't get, we can't get through business alone either. We gotta, you know, sort of help each other and, and learn um, the, the common, uh, the, the goodness, the common denominators there. That's, that's my thinking, but anyway, it's just, it's just incredible what's going on. And, and like, you know, the fact that, that it, like we say, it is a good time to be alive right now. You know, we got building materials like hempcrete and uh, cannabis usage to help the, the environment, you know, farmers growing uh, cannabis and hemp for, to feed livestock. Yeah. Which in our, if it gets in the food chain, it would be great for, for human, for foods, for food, sorry. And uh, yeah, it's just incredible, uh, the, the possibilities. So the only thing holding us back is the, you know, certain, certain laws. So, um, you know, I got, I got, so here's the thing. And I was talking about this with Mike Robinson. He's like, you can't take a plant and get the same thing out of it every single time, the way you can make a pill and make it the yeah, same thing that every single yeah, time. And this is what I think the healthcare, the health industry and the pharmaceutical yeah. industry are, is struggling with is that right. they want to monetize everything, right? right? Like that's the idea is monetize everything. And how do you do that with something you can't put into a pill with a certain milligram on it and still get the entourage effect that that plant has? You can't. So, and the other thing about it is like, it's, it's, it's just like, as you're saying, the longer you take it, your homeostasis is impacted by it. And that's a, that's a, that's a positive thing. Your body's made to to 
consume this thing in some way, shape, or form. And it prevents things. Sure it does. Right? Can, it's preventative can, as well. That's right. So, yeah. so I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm going to turn it back over to you, Sarah. But hold on. Give me a second. So this so, is where, um, this is where it's so, kind of problematic for insurance what, companies. What, it's problematic people, for them and for pharmaceuticals because if healthy people aren't using their insurance, then there's not as much income coming in. And this is the kind of weird thing about being in this world. And, and we want health insurance, but there's this major thing out there, the endocannabinoid system, that as you were saying, doctors are not, most doctors are not educated on it. Right. But this thing is the largest modulating Say it again, Sherry. That's a, the endocannabinoid system is the largest modulating system in the human body. So even, you know, you said before our, our, uh, our record, um, you said you just came back from the gym. It's good for athletes to know about this too. It helps with strength conditioning. It helps some people take athletes, take it before and after a workout, you know? So um, I, I can see this education being, uh, it's hard to define the target market and we talked to somebody else too. Uh, one of your episodes, the early episodes, a woman who, uh, a mom, she has a podcast too, I believe. She's trying to say, uh, no, I don't know who it is. I'll have to um, there's, but, a, there's a lot of people doing podcasts now. Um, was she yeah, was that the main? Was that the main thing that I that she was on the show for? No, it was. Um, she might have been um, the CEO of Canigma. You know, okay. uh, Elena Elena Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, might have been her because she said trying to find the target market for, you know, I, I see this as, uh, you know, trying to find a target market for water. You know, we need human beings need water. Right. And so um, it, it, human beings need cannabis in some shape or form. And and, and the, the fact of getting specific, consistent medicine is is unique. So what the med I may need more of. Uh, limonene terpene in my mix in my dry flower and you may your body may prefer something else but typically as you'll find out uh, I think you watched that documentary called uh, Jack's Garage I did yeah uh, that was yeah. really good that yeah was you'll really find good. I that think, was a really um, good documentary actually it's really a good. great documentary and and what he says is um, you know your body takes what needs what it needs and then excretes the rest sort of thing so whether one is uh, inhaling it or mostly ingesting it, or it's it's just it's fascinating how it and and there are studies now to take in cannabis in its raw form, uh, you know, like the leaves and juice it, and and then you get uh, like the precursors to CBD and THC. So you get this uh, in cannabis in its raw form, like the CBDa and the THCa are good to help protect our immune system. So, and help to prevent us from not getting a virus into right. our cells. Um, and so, you know, we can look at this plant as vitamins too, and medicine. And, and, and their whole paradigm, we have to have a whole global paradigm shift. And that's how, uh, that's how effective the propaganda was, right? That, that's how effective the propaganda was, is that people were using it for medicine. All of a sudden they're like, oh no, you can't use this for medicine anymore. And 
it wasn't like opium opium is addictive right opium i can understand why you would not make opium (laughs) but cannabis it's a plant and that's where it's like that propaganda was that effective it was that effective that you're talking about exactly what you're talking about right now right people were getting brainwashed to believe that it was the devil weed yeah and and uh in fact it's it's the opposite and some people say like my dad i told you my dad was a doctor and he said uh, you know, we grew up being afraid of cannabis, afraid of any kind of drugs, because, you know, you start smoking joints or smoking cannabis, it's going to lead to heroin addiction and, and cocaine, and it's going to lead to this and this. And, and in fact, that's, it's the opposite. You know, cannabis can be viewed as, a, as an exit drug now, and, and people are using it to help people reduce their opioid consumption and reduce their addiction to alcohol, which alcohol is much people are dying from alcohol overdose too yeah um, much less much more harmful than cannabis you know so so <laughs> i i i'm just there's so much goodness going on and and i just want people to um challenge their intelligence and um and be careful too with with cbd where there's a lot of um counterfeit CBD on the market right now. And uh, there's a lot of uh, um, places that sell something that doesn't even have any CBD in it. So you really have to understand the source of your, your medicine or where you're getting it. And, um, and ideally, if you could get the certificate of analysis to see the, you know, the, the terpene profile in there too, and where it was grown and, <laughs> that's in an ideal situation, but just um, um, make sure you know that you're getting safe, safe cannabis. That matters. Yeah, it matters. matters. And and it does matter to let your, let your doctor know that you're, that you're taking it too. (laughs) Get him, get him to start taking it too. It's funny because, because, well, I do know a lot. I do know a number of doctors who take cannabis. I knew, I do know a number of lawyers. I know a couple of priests a few ministers, you know, that they're taking wow. cannabis for oh, wow. chronic pain and well-functioning for professionals. So, uh, you know, um, every walks of life, you know, and so, and, and why not? It's just that they're, they're not, um, they're, they're, they're not ready to come forward yet, but that's happening. You know, that's happening. More and more people are talking, more and more people are, are gathering to share the goodness of this plant. And there's a lot of people who are gifting cannabis, high-dose edibles um, to people who are trying to withdraw from opioids, opioid addictions and um, gifting plants, gifting plants to veterans and people that uh, have served our country and and came back traumatized as a result, right? Uh, So I I can't speak highly enough about cannabis and its potential to save lives and and calm everybody down frankly so <laughs> that is I a good point that's a good point sherry to calm, calm everybody, everybody down yeah. frankly <laughs> yeah, calm it, is a, it, it is an amazing time to be alive it is an amazing time to be alive yeah. and it is also a really weird time to be alive which is also makes it amazing right i mean yeah and i don't know if there is any other not so amazing time to be alive it's just that this is one of those things that you know Yeah, when you look at history, it's like a yeah. hundred years, right? A hundred years since prohibition, 
And it's not accidental. It's not, you know, it didn't happen in a vacuum. It's, it, was con- it was a concerted effort, right? And when you talk to people, it's like, yes, these are nations all followed suit. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. When a bunch, when, when a bunch of nations, sovereign nations say, okay, we'll jump on board. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. And at the same time, those nations had populations of people that counted on it for medicine. And I'm sure, and, and, you know, um, I heard the, the way you said it when he's like, the, I'm sure there's some politicians that, that have family members and, and with some type of illness. Absolutely. Because they're people too. They're I mean, people too. And the reason why politicians are in those seats is because citizens voted for them. Yeah. And they voted for them because people trusted what they said, that they're going to do what they said they would do to help people. And, right. and they have a very difficult challenge. Exactly. Really and this is, well, it is difficult, but it's also, it, it's also, it can, it can definitely lend to the lowest common denominator of people. I mean, when you everywhere you go, if you're a VIP, all the people that voted to put you in that place, these same people are treating you like a VIP. It kind of seems like it should be reversed. It kind of seems like the person who got the support should be saying, thank you. You guys are the VIPs. I'm not. I'm here to talk to you, but I'm not the VIP because I'm one person and I represent all of you. Yeah, and we, this is this is yeah, this is where, but this is the power of the propaganda that, that you know what I'm saying is kind of like this is things have come gotten kind of backwards. And well, we have in, in Richmond Hill, Ontario, where I live, we have um some good politicians. Um and and uh I was I I had the great privilege of last Thursday evening being able to talk to our um, minister of mental health and addictions. Oh, really. <laughs> Uh, um, yes, she's a federal minister, uh, mental health and addictions, and her name is Dr. She's also a physician, but to her name is Carolyn Bennett. Uh, no relation to me. <laughs> no relation to me. But that's but good to I make thought, that. But good to make that. You don't want people thinking you're getting political yeah, inside. Yeah. Well, I think Bennett is a well. very <laughs> common name. It's like Smith, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, Dr. Carolyn Bennett. I had the privilege to speak to her, and and, and specifically, I was still raw with grief knowing about my friend's daughter and I said please I'm speaking to you as a bereaved mother as a bereaved person you know I I want a seat at the table I want to help uh, figure out the solution you know um, to this opioid crisis that we're faced with which is fueling a mental health crisis even bigger and and uh, and she said basically okay I don't know what that's going to look like yet but um I was grateful to our own uh, our own member of Parliament Hill here in Richmond Hill, uh, Majid oh, yeah. Johari, for organizing that meeting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the future and and trying to help educate um, uh, some politicians that that don't understand uh, about the human endocannabinoid system yet. And some do. Some politicians do. And but they have a hard a hard road ahead. You know, and especially in Canada, because Canada did not consult the First Nations people. Um, and this just 2018, just recently, when they were drafting the Cannabis Act, the laws. So that's kind of too late now. 
So um, I don't know what's forward, uh, but I want to be, I want to seat at the table. I want to be able to, um, you know, talk to the policymakers and as a human being and as one who, who knows cannabis very well. Hmm. And <laughs> there's always more to learn, right? Yeah. Hey, are you playing? Um, are you going to do an event sometime soon? Oh, I want to do. Uh, I know, like I know I you, do. I know you've done a lot of events and they looked really yeah. well done. So I was just curious, are you, are you got something in mind? I mean, you're going to, you, you, um, you know, I'm nothing gonna, hard, but just like, yeah, I'm planning something. Um, I'm know, planning some, uh, like a series of online, online events. And, okay. But it hasn't formulated completely in my mind yet. So um, it, we're getting there, but. Okay, uh, that's cool. I'm, I'm not going to pry. I just want to just, just want to know if you want to share. You're going to be the first to know whenever whenever I have it down on paper. You're going to be the first to know because uh, it's just uh, I just see a, a very hopeful future. I see there's hope and there's hope for people who are feeling really depressed and isolated during this time. Um, you know, and I, I I just want to you know tell people to to become educated about this plant medicine yeah. that could save your life or that of, of your loved one. Or, or you've heard stories of mothers that have children with autism and they need to give them transdermal patches or, or you'll hear stories about people who use suppositories to heal their prostate cancer. Um, and full extract cannabis oil specifically for people with already a diagnosis of cancer because we know that cannabis can kill cancer cells. So it doesn't cure cancer, but it can, it has, it can kill cancer cells. And we have evidence for that too. So there's people helping people get it in hospice situations in, in, you know, for end of life care. And uh, there's a lot of goodness and compassion in the, in the cannabis community. So, it is it's cool it's cool i can tell i can tell i can tell it it moves you sure it's like it's yeah, you, it this is why this is why this is why people say what they say about you because well you're a genuine person you're a genuine person and, and well, you're really, somebody asked you know you always you know like what is your why why am i doing this why because i've been to way too many funerals of my friends children who've died by opioid overdose and then, yeah, another one just last week. So um, that's my modus operandi. That's and I'll be speaking about cannabis um, to, for the end of my days till the end of my days. <laughs> my poor Andre, my boyfriend. I feel so sorry for him because he doesn't take cannabis at all. But anytime we're out or anytime we have people over for dinner, you know, they ask me, you know, and and situation or the conversation goes from whatever to cannabis. And he's just sick of it. So I have to be careful now. So I get to get it all out <laughs> to talk about it here with you. That's and cool. Then, my wife, my wife doesn't use it either. She doesn't no. use it at all. Yeah. And, so I can relate to that. I can relate but to I, it. But I, I would like, I would um, really recommend that she, she just try CBD or like in micro doses, just, just try it um, after she feels comfortable if, if she, because it, it, it won't harm her. And, and, and people have had like uh, such, you know, tremendous success with it uh, in terms of, and, and you've heard it. You've heard I've it. I've tried, um, Cher. You know, I've, you know, I've tried. <laughs> I get it. You don't know. I haven't told you all the stories, but you I can imagine you'd think that. I mean, I have tried. And, you know, it just, it just was, it's like, 
And that's where it's like, it just, nothing is for everybody except for Christ. <laughs> nothing is for absolutely everybody except for Christ. And that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, so I don't, I don't press it on. I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, no, she has, she has tried it and it's just not for her. She's just like, yeah, I don't really enjoy yeah. it. She, you know, it wasn't something that, that she was like, um, because maybe she's maybe the way she ingested it or 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 you know it could be that her body her her body could make those uh her body could produce it does and uh (laughs) cannabinoids naturally and that's the thing is that like this is the this is the amazing thing about it and this is the this is the funny thing about this is the funny thing about the approach of a fixed and rigid healthcare system I understand the need to monetize every single pill and every single movement and every single mm-hmm. document that is that is generated. The human body is not does not operate like that. It's complex, but right. you know what? The human body is always changing. And this is and so thing and so when the human body is always changing, let me put it like this. Um this might be easier to, to illustrate with less time. <laughs> the body mass index, right? BMI. Yeah. You've heard of that? Yes, I have. I'm sure a lot of people have done that. For the last 20 years, I have had to fit myself into the BMI or you and, and whoever doesn't, if you're over, if you're, if, you're, if you're under, that's never a problem. But if you're heavy, it'll want you looking heavy in uniform. So you got to, you know, that's what people run up against, right? People stress out over it all the time because it just is what it is. You know, some people are just, yeah, yeah. So you got it. So when I started looking at it, it's like uh, insurance companies came up with a BMI because they have to have some form of it's to systematically bill people, right? They got to have some type of metric. Exactly. They got to have the metrics to do that. Now, the problem is, is those metrics are false. Yeah. Is that you can't say that if you're this height, you should weigh this much. Right. And because there's no, there's no, it, it's very, it's very, it's very outdated, but it's still, yeah, I didn't know that. It's, it's, it's know still that. used. Insurance wow. companies use it all the time. So wow. it's kind of like, because that's how they rate your bill, right? You know, yeah. it's like you, what was that woman's name? Susie Orman, right? She was always like, oh, yeah. term insurance. I watched Susie Orman. She had some good advice. And I was like, when we were, when we were, kind of in the beginnings of our marriage is like, yeah, we're trying to make our lives. We're trying to meld our lives together. Yeah. You go seek help for that. And if you're trying to get, if you're trying to relieve pain and you're, you're, you're not satisfied with it, you go seek information on that too. And this is why what you're doing is going to help a lot of people. Well, because yeah, the human, the human body produces um, its own naturally occurring cannabis molecules. And those cannabis molecules are called endocannabinoids so hence the human endocannabinoid system so (laughs) i you know it 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 may be complicated to some but basically it's like uh why drive your car around without oil or without without uh, i don't know how to simplify it right but the human body every single human being on this planet that's a good one. That's actually that was perfect. How why would you drive your car around with oil without oil? Because without that oil. is when you think about when you can, it's the oils from the cannabis plant that can be very helpful to people. Very helpful. Right. So yeah, that was, and that all was of great. Us in a unique <laughs> way. Great, great borrow. I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, that was good. 
Anyway. No, it's good, Sherry. Don't worry. But so, so I just want to wrap up that BMI thing is that it's a false system. It's a false system because I was then then they have like the, the you, you, you do the tape, they do the body fat. If you're over on your, your BMI weight, they have to see if you're if you're too fat or not. That's the idea. Right. Because. Really? Oh, yeah. I and mean, that's the way insurance companies do the same thing, too, because that's so I brought up Susie Orman because she was like term insurance, term insurance. I was like, oh, let's check out term insurance. And and. I'm athletic, I'm thick, I'm muscular. And I don't fit that BMI index. And I don't fit that BMI system at all. So those things contribute to dollars. That's what I'm saying is like the system is made to you. you, Here's we put you in this box. The further you get out of that box, the more we charge you. When really this system is actually that system right there is broken. It's it's a system, right? So that's the way I say um, that might be a, a better illustration of my, the point I was trying to make about the healthcare system and, and monetizing every single little movement, if, you're, if that's the goal, well, then you're, gonna, you're not going to be helping people as much as you could. If you, mm-hmm. if you, and this is the problem where I think a lot of doctors, they, they're not into doing the research because that's not what they do. And they, they don't have time. A lot of them don't ex- have time. Ex- so exactly. So this is where, mm-hmm. this is where if a doctor is going to be seeing people but they're not doing any research. They're operating kind of like on data that may be coming into them from outside. I don't, you know, who knows how they're operating. What happens, what happens to vets? Do they have special um, positions or special occupational positions for, for people in the military and veterans? Do they, have got, they, they have a VA hospitals, veteran affairs yeah. hospitals and stuff like that. It's, and if there's a big one near me and mm-hmm. here in Florida, because a lot of people come to Florida because it's warm. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are escaping that pain of winter and it's right. they come down right. to Florida. Um, but, but is there uh, any is there any veteran hospital that understands cannabis yet? Because they should. That, not that I know of. You know, Todd, I don't know. Todd Scatini would probably be the person that I would ask. Because... I would love to meet him. You know, he's another one of my heroes. Like, like I've never met him, but I met him on your podcast. I mean, oh, wow. What a great guy. What a story. Yeah. He was and number three. Episode yeah. number three. Right. And he's, I, I, you know, I don't think I hear, I see, I see stuff on it, but I don't think it's, you know, until the federal government moves, they're not going to move. I think veterans will be a talking, a big talking point when the federal government finally moves. I think the veterans will be a big talking point because if you think about it, the United States and many nations along with it have been at war since basically 9-11. Right. There's, right. you know, just because you're not at a right. named war doesn't mean war activities are not happening. It's been happening since right. last 21 years. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, so you got a lot of people that are coming back um, kind of screwed up, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, man, that's intense. You know, there, I, so I did this. There's something that I just want to bring this up because this this goes to not rushing things. Right. There was a guy who took this course. I was in the military, took this course. The guy was talking about a big difference between vets coming back from World War II and vets coming back from Vietnam. Is that in Vietnam, they just flew them right back to the States. They were home quickly, right? And in World War II, they, they put them on a, a ship and they, they didn't fly anybody. You know, I'm sure they did fly, but you're talking about mass amounts of soldiers, right? Wow. They put them on a ship and they, they had a however long voyage that was. 
wow. those guys and they were talking about world war ii it's not vietnam so it was mostly men right because that's the way it was at that time they were able to talk to each other on that ship oh. before they got back now you can't duplicate that thing ver like one for one between the the 20th century and the 21st century but the concept of there was time for those people to ease their way over the course of however many days together before they got back now i'm not saying that it cured everything but i'm saying that is a big difference when you go from uh, a trauma and you go you go right into the world yeah. Or you have transition time. Transition, right. And, and, the, and the camaraderie that, yeah. that you guys must have, you know, it's a, it's a way yeah, to stay connected. And, for, and that's, and that's, here's the thing. Now, people who go through trauma without any type of organization, yeah, yeah. that's why people who go yeah. through trauma seek out other people who are going through things too, because yeah, they're, they're saying, I can't be the only one out here. Can't be the only yeah. one out here. Can't be the only one out here. And that's true. You're not the only one out there. Yeah, and, I, I just I just remembered my grandfather fought in uh, Vimy Ridge, the First World War, and um, you know I just loved seeing him come back. He came back with a bullet hole in his leg, but but the times that he'd have his his buddies over for for dinner, you know, and there was such a bond, such a brotherhood, you know, and they would talk about stories about being in the trenches and having to you know light a match to to kill off the lace on their kilts and stuff like that like fascinating stories but the the brotherhood of that you know the bond and, and they went through some really bad stuff and they they wouldn't talk about it because they're not meant to talk about yeah them. see that is strange too so they it's like it's kind of like a lot of that generation doesn't want to talk about that stuff either it's like they had that they had that short voyage and it's kind of like we don't talk about it. and this was just kind of it was just a point that this guy made during this class and i was kind of like that's interesting because when you look at Vietnam, Vietnam was a mess and wow. it was yeah. a mess. It was a mess. And then they put them right back in society where you had counterculture spitting on soldiers that were drafted. Yeah. They didn't even, some of them volunteered, but a lot of them didn't volunteer. And a lot of those people were poor. Wow. Like one thing was for a lot of them were poor. Yeah. The colors of them obviously were going to be uneven, but it was mostly yeah. poor folks, right? Yeah. And you could see that even presidents, ex-presidents have were able to evade the, do, the the draft right people have been able to evade the draft so that's it's absolutely true but um it's it's just an interesting world it's an interesting time to be alive and and i do think yeah. veterans are going to have a lot uh i think veterans are going to be leaned on heavily as the federal government in america legalizes it and i think that's because of 21 over two decades of war basically and that machine ain't turning off yeah so it's interesting it is still it's so legalization i say all that because legalization is coming we both agree on that and i guess oh, yes. it's an exciting thailand time last I, week i think it was last week thailand opened up last week i believe i saw you post something about that yeah yeah because i have a nice group of people in in thailand too i'm so grateful because now i'm talking to people all over the world right and uh and this too this gives me such a great opportunity so when i'm talking to people about legacy 420 I checked the link. Here's the link, episode number 30, and I put it in my emails for people that I want to know about, you know, Tim's work. For people that I want to know about Akeem's work, I click your link and stick it to the link. It's just fascinating because your podcast is going everywhere. It's going everywhere. It is so, a wild time. You may not know it, huh? 
it's a wild time. It's it's amazing to to be able to reach people around the world. Just like you said, it's like you can contact community people, communicate with people on the other side yeah. of the world, and it's it's pretty fast. Yeah, it's I was so excited time. to talk with you today. So thanks again. Thank you so much from the Absolutely, bottom of my heart. Sharon. Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to do you want to say anything else before? <laughs> Um, no, I'm just like uh, grateful again for this opportunity, but please, I encourage everyone um, to, to become educated about cannabis. Um, for those that want to get into the industry and set up their own clinics to help people, um, you can take the course on my website. It's an online self-paced course. Uh, there's two of them. One is called Foundations of Medical Cannabis. The other one is called uh, for uh, Patients. A cannabis patient educator to get that designation uh, so it can be you know attached to your resume and uh, you know opportunity opportunity for for existing clinics to set up their businesses as a, with an extra business model of uh, helping people with uh, uh, cannabis medicine so yeah like let's right. talk cannabis.ca that's find it. a lot of really good articles so what is it what is it give them the link one more time uh, let's talk cannabis.ca. Uh, that'll get you there or ltcedu.ca. Uh, wow. And you'll find lots of uh, educational articles and a little bit of media. There's going to be more and more media attention soon. Right on. Um, and so, and we post your podcast on that too. I think I posted oh, my, you, uh, my first um, uh, episode with you. And I'll, I'll continue to post others too. And um, just, I want to, I want to spread the word that this is, this is a necessary medicine for, for humanity. I would go so far to say that. I would too. I would too. I would too, because I would too, because you don't know if it's not for you unless you try it. Right. It's kind of like, this is a plant. We're not talking about something. We're not, we're not talking about anything crazy. We're just like, this is a natural plant. And make an educated choice. Make an educated choice. And and maybe cook with it instead of, you know, you can cook with this stuff. It doesn't have to be smoked or, you know what I mean? It's, it's It's a fascinating plant and it's got some seriously positive impacts to the human being. Right. All right, Sherry. Well, thank you very much. Let's talk cannabis and Bayview Concierge Jink. You can find her on on uh, social media platforms: Facebook, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Instagram. Are you, are you doing the TikTok thing? No, I'm not. I'm not okay, doing that I, yet. I don't really know too much about that. But maybe, maybe my website people and my PR people will will get on there too. I that's don't know cool. Anything. I just want to. Know, I just want to let people know where they can find you. That's Thank it. You because so much. you got a lot of good stuff and. There's so much hope for the future, so much goodness going on. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to leave everybody with. We got lots of hope for healing and and stay tuned to your podcast because you got a lineup of really amazing guests coming up too, right? It's fun. It is Uh fun. Yeah, I was going to ask if it's fun. Thank you. You, You've been, you've been, you've been introducing me to a lot of people and I really appreciate it. And, and their stories are really cool and it's it's been it's been a, it's been it's been really cool meeting you and getting to know you as we go along this thing it's amazing thank you so much <laughs> can't You're wait welcome. for the next thank, time thank you sherry thank you thank you all right this is the conversation cannabis and christianity podcast my name is miguel torres and our special guest is let's talk cannabis's founder sherry bennett
She's also the founder of Bayview Concierge Inc. You can find her. You can find her on the internet. You can check her out. Love you all. See ya. Thank you.